What's up? You're now tuned in to Don Chen's Makes Friends, presented by Linden Ave Studio. I am Don Chen's, your host, and you're about to listen to an interview with one of my closest friends, Matt Ioannidis. Uh, I used to call him Matt Ioannidis, so you'll hear me make fun of him about that, but he is the starting defensive tackle on the Carolina Panthers. Previously was on the Washington R-Words, which then became the Washington football team, which is now the Washington Commanders. He just missed playing for the trifecta of Washington teams, um, but he's now on the Panthers. We spoke just before he went to camp. Um, so it was good to get his perspective on, you know, the first time playing for a new team, what he was expecting with the locker room and just kind of his insights on stuff. He also recently had become a father. So we talked a lot about being a parent, how that changes perspective on life, which was a very interesting conversation. Um, and he's not someone who does, you know, a ton of media. So I think for anyone who, you know, was a fan of him in Washington, fan of him played football at Temple, if you're a Temple fan, fan of him on the Panthers, uh, it's probably the most insight that, you know, he's given on a public uh, platform. So I really appreciate him for doing it, um, especially we did a real late, like a night or two before he left for camp. Um, so. Thank you to him. Thank you to everyone for watching or listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whichever you listen to, leave a review. Um, yeah, again, thank you to him. I think this is a good one. I hope you all enjoy it. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Don Chen's Makes Friends, and I am here at my childhood home with one of my oldest friends, Matthew, and I want to say Ionidas. I did say Ionidas before, and I've joked with you several times about how you changed your name. I don't think that gets talked about enough, changing your name. I wouldn't say that I changed my name. I just stopped fighting the like pronunciation <laughs> battle of it all. Uh, but, but like, if you just say what, it, if you just say, this is my name, People are arguing with you. No, I think what happened was once I got to Temple, the platform became a little larger than what Flemington could provide, <laughs> and so bullied by <laughs> alums. <laughs> well, once yeah, once it got branded there, it was just, there was just no going back. Like, yeah, I guess if the announcers start messing up your name, then you're that's the way it goes. Well, you know what it is. I think if I had to if I had to guess, what happened was when you know you get there on campus as a freshman someone will come to you from the media department and be like, okay, um, Ionitis, like, how do you pronounce it? How do you, you know, X, Y, or Z we need to know for, you know, media and game day announcements. And I must've just said Ionitis and it's been that way ever since. Yeah. I mean, I have, so giving away the government, Vincenzo DiTrolio, I say DiTrolio, I have cousins say DiTrolio, which is just wrong. I even have cousins who spell it D I than a space with the T, mm. but, However they spell it, that's what people go with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like people are kind of disrespected you in a way. No, I think I'm, you should have beef with them. With the, the Ionitis Whoever crew? Whoever changed your name, the, yeah. No, I think I'm at peace with it. <laughs> you just don't really care, I guess. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I mean, it's it's been it's been almost a decade. Um, That's true. A decade? Yeah, since college. Damn, that's Four crazy. years of college. So in case Six. anyone is unaware... Matt was on the Washington now commanders, but now you're on the Carolina Panthers. 
Yeah, I technically never put on the new threads. So that's true. I was, I was thinking about that. But you can also say that you played the only seasons as the Washington football team. Yeah, I was. Yep, I was on both those teams. But it would have been cool to get all three. Get a yeah, trifecta. the trifecta. Yeah, I played on the same. I played at the same place, but for three different teams. It's yep. kind of cool. Yep, I fell short of that one. Um, what? So you played in Washington for your whole career up until now, mm-hmm. and you haven't. You might be in camp by the time this comes out, but as of right, as of recording, you haven't started yet. What's the thing you're most excited about and uh, most anxious or nervous about if there's anything? For this upcoming season? Yeah, like just being on a new team, I guess. Is it like the playbook? Is it the coaching staff? Is it just everyone's new, getting to know people? You know, I haven't given that a ton of thought. Like what I'm most excited about, I think like going into a new year like this, like you mentioned the coaching staff. Okay, I've got familiar familiarity there. Like they were my college right, staff. Right, because rule was is it the whole the whole staff was your college staff? Uh, obviously rule, but um maybe like seven or eight, I think if I had to count. Um, and then there's a bunch of players too, but like there's that. I mean, I'm obviously excited to like get a fresh star and get a clean slate, but like I think ultimately I'll know I'll have a pretty good idea of like how this season will go for me coming out of camp. Um, so being on the brink of that now, we're at the point where I'll be going to camp in three days, four days. And it's, I mean, you remember football camp, you're just dreading it. Like this is the part of the year where you feel like you're just in purgatory and you're just waiting to go and suffer and grind it out. And it's just miserable. And like, I'm really going to try and focus on enjoying these next few days as opposed to sitting in my home, like biting my nails. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't know. I didn't dread. I, yeah, I guess I dreaded it. Yeah, it's like it's never fun. But like, I feel like NFL, I mean, you play, but it's more. I feel like it's a lot more mental than physical. Um, Yeah, definitely. When I was younger, you like, think you're just like kind of get the schemes and everything now at this point? Yeah, I think I just have enough experience now where like I know what to expect but that is to say too like you expect you know the grind you expect like some cramping you expect some fatigue all that stuff like as much as like it's you're comfortable like with the pace of the game now you can never really get comfortable with camp um so with the new team what do you think, like, how important do you think it is to get along with your new teammates? Like, how important is it to be a good locker room guy? Do you think it kind of just happens as it happens and you just make friends as you go? Because obviously you probably had a lot of friends. I know you had a lot of friends in Washington. Like, do you think, like, oh, I got to make friends with my new teammates? Or is it kind of just it'll happen naturally? That's not my focus. Or like, how important is it being like a good locker room guy in the NFL? I think, yeah, I think that is important. Like I'm coming into a completely new team, completely new organization. Like they don't know me. I don't know them. And on top of it all, like that's a really young roster. And so just kind of by default, like I'm now one of the older guys in the team and I'm looked to in some capacity as that veteran. And so like, I have some, I like, I have experience that these guys 
are in the process of gaining still. And I just have to be like careful in how I choose to impact those guys. If that makes sense. Like I've seen guys in the league get led astray by older veterans because the veteran like is able to not cheat the system, but like, like people always say, like as a rookie, be seen, not heard, like don't do what the veterans do. And it's not that the veterans are like doing the wrong thing, but it's not the right thing for the rookie. And so that's where I like, I kind of have to walk that line right now where like going into my seventh year, like I can do things that a rookie or a younger player shouldn't going back to like being a locker room guy, like it's a young team. And so like, there are just certain liberties that like young guys shouldn't take or like certain examples that I might set that they shouldn't follow. Not that I'm doing anything wrong, but like we just have different needs as players at a certain point. Right. You, you know what your needs are, I guess. A, a young guy doesn't know what he needs, what's good for him, what's bad for him. Like you had to be a little more rigid, probably you. Yeah. Like I like, like my body's probably not as sharp as a rookie but I've seen a lot more football. Like my mind's probably a lot sharper. And so like what we do in the weight room and what we do in the film room probably are going to be different because the game is slower to me than it is to him, but he might just be faster. And so like you hope at this point that like a faster mind makes up for a slower body. Do you feel like an underdog? <laughs> do I feel like an underdog? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to bounce all over the place until until we get really going. Um, yeah, I mean, probably always probably always have felt that way. We don't exactly come from like a powerhouse. I think Jersey, not the high school necessarily, but Jersey has good high school football. Jersey does. Yeah. Jersey does. But does all of Jersey? No. Yeah, you we, could say that about every, I guess maybe you could say Texas, but. But my point is that when we say all of your, all of Jersey, no. Okay, we're from that part of New Jersey that doesn't have great football. Just in hindsight, like playing college ball and playing like pro ball. This isn't where a lot of the cats come out of. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can't even think of too many that we played against that made it really. Not, not too many come to mind. At least it like ex really excelled. Well, honestly, a lot of the guys that were good got arrested. <laughs> well, I, I, that I could that come to mind. So we're just like, you know, <laughs> we're kind of out here in the sticks. Uh, yeah, I never realized how much in the, uh, in the sticks we grew up in until I was an adult and moved out. Right. Like I, I thought where we grew up was very just normal. Like some areas are sticks or some areas are, you know, just regular suburban town. And then once I like, I guess even college, I didn't even realize it because I went to a pretty like a school in like almost a rural area. And then I grew, and then I moved into the city and I was like, oh, I grew up in the, like the woods. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to drive up 15 from uh, from Washington and I would drive right through Gettysburg and I was like, oh, this is the middle, of, you know, effing nowhere. Yeah. The only thing reason it doesn't feel like nowhere is because it's uh it's like a historical place. You have a lot of, it's actually it gets pretty crowded. There's a lot of tourists and ghost tours and civil war reenactors. Uh, the crazies. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. I never really even, have you ever toured it? 
Or like, Gettysburg? Yeah, have you ever... Just what Remember the Titans took us through. Dude, fuck Remember the Titans. I I used to like Remember the Titans. It's an amazing movie. Gettysburg beat that into the ground that now I don't like it. I watched it a million times. Just because... Going, like, going to Gettysburg and watching Remember the Titans beat it into the ground for you? Yes. Like I just watch it. Um, anyone who went to Gettysburg, just because they have the... You see this? This is Gettysburg. Like for the football team, we would run out to that on the field before games. Denzel Washington going, remember this? Or you see this? This is Gettysburg. Oh, they'd put like a voiceover yeah. with some dramatic music so, in the so background. So just like everything was just, oh my God, like that movie, they did it in Gettysburg. So they would just, I watched it. So if there was anyone, oh, we don't know what to do. Let's watch the, this movie. So then I just like, I can't even watch this anymore. Yeah, I can It see sucks. It. It's like one of the best movies ever. I don't even like it. I can't even watch it. I watched it a million times. My brother and I were just talking about that earlier today. Just like the significance of like kind of where we were in Washington, right down the road from where that high school was. And then, cause Kevin was just at the house uh, yeah. in PA, you know, not long ago, we we're talking about Gettysburg and stuff. And he went to Dickinson not far off. So, right. Yes. I remember when he went there, it was, uh, of all the times I've, I've been on 15, I have never stopped. I probably should. I never toured the battlefields really. And I went there for four years. Never did any of that stuff. Never did a ghost tour, but the ghost tours, they'd go around and be like, See this building? It's haunted. And I'd be like, I have econ like 203 in there. So it's definitely not. But uh, hmm. I never did any of that stuff. So no. Um, how do we get on that? Oh, also something I wanted to. Uh, something I wanted to ask about, which I should have started with. Uh, have you done any other podcast besides for mine? No. No, we were we were talking before this that your buddy is Will and he hasn't had you on. Is that his doing or your doing? That's my doing. That's your doing. Yeah. Early on when he started the podcast and they were, you know, just getting their feet wet still. He was asking and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I would just, you know, ghost him or get cold feet or, you know, something like that. Like I just shy away from it. And then eventually the podcast grew and grew and grew. And now he doesn't ask Does it need you anymore. No. So I just. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, do we have beef with him for not inviting you or did you not want to be on it? So I guess it's a little in between. Yeah, it started one way and ended the other. Like at this point, that podcast is so damn big. Yeah. It'd be intimidating going on that bus. Yeah, probably. I would like to see what it's like, though. The bus? Yeah, just how small. It's hard to tell. They did a really good job like doing that bus up. I thought I thought I did a good job with my current studio and now we're doing it in my parents' house and my feet don't even reach the ground with this couch right now, <laughs> like swinging like this. It took, nope. me, it took me probably an hour to get set up. <laughs> you and I have been hanging out for a while now watching me try to set up all the lights and shit in here. Um, I, would, I would have liked to have helped, but honestly, I just have no idea what I to do. I barely know either. You just figure it out as you go. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, oh. do, you ever, do you ever give, because like Will's still trying to play. Like, I feel like at least he says he is. Do you ever like talk to him about because I feel like that's hard as an athlete. I feel like a lot of athletes are doing that now in general. I mean, Taylor is the co-host and he's for sure playing. Do I ever like like I'm saying guys in general who are trying to do media now while playing. Will in particular, do you ever give him advice on how to balance the two? Like as he's been trying to do that. And then I guess more broadly, like what do you think in general about player active players trying to do this kind of stuff? I don't ever, no, I don't ever give Will advice. Like, like I put, like, 
one, I don't think I'm in a position to like be telling Will to, you know, what to do. Like he's running a very successful podcast and I've, you know, have very little podcast experience, even in the listening department, but like, I guess not what to do. I, I guess more so from like the, I guess I'm saying more so from the team standpoint. Cause I feel like he said that on his show that guys would, or the coaches sometimes will give him shit. Almost like your focus is on the podcast, not football. Like, do you feel like that ever becomes an issue? I mean, you probably don't care. I'm, I I would assume. No, but I also, he, he also wasn't in Washington with me when, when he started, it. when he started it, he went there got linked up with Taylor and started there. I also think like we're just at an interesting point in time where podcasts are kind of still just taking off. I mean, this is a very new form of media now. And a lot of these coaches are not old guard, but they certainly didn't grow up with podcasts, right? Like talk radio was the thing we were talking about that. Like it'd be hard to tell someone like, Hey, this isn't the right way. Well, like there is no way, like, how can we say there's a right way or a wrong way? If we're still in like, you know, the trial phase of this whole thing. Yeah. But no one was doing talk radio as a player. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like I mean, that's a new thing. Like Draymond Green, his podcast is huge. I mean, JJ Redick is retired now. He was doing his while he was playing. I'm trying to think of like big athletes that have podcasts now, but I'm sure there's a lot more I could be naming like retired athlete. I get it. For a current athlete, I feel like it's definitely, I mean, it probably depends if you're paying someone, like I'm doing everything myself right now. Will obviously has people helping him out. Other people, I'm sure they have the money to get someone to help them out. Yeah, I think I think like we have enough time on our hands in the off season if you can kind of like load up all these podcasts, get them all done in a few weeks, you know, in a few months, and then just roll them out during the season as it goes. That way you're not like, your attention's not off of football during the season. Like you can actually lock in. I'm sure that's what a lot of these guys do. Yeah, there's probably a way to to uh, load up on episodes if you want to shoot a bunch, and then when you're busy during the season, you just let them run. Yeah, you don't have to actually record and stuff like that. Um, do you feel like you're a professional athlete? Um, depending on the setting, yes. Depending on the setting, no. Like sitting here with you like there's obviously like going back to high school like i wasn't then when we knew each other i wasn't in in elementary school so like not in this setting but like when i'm in carolina in washington you feel a little bit more but then like when you're amongst like friends especially people who knew you beforehand now you just feel like i almost think it's even more so though for you like you like i don't know you're not a big media guy i don't think you're big on the like the fame aspect of it you know you i feel like you view it more as a job so does it ever feel like i feel like some people take advantage like might be like oh this is an opportunity to like i'm a professional athlete like, i'm a star and then some and then other guys are just like this is just my job so i almost feel like if you approach it as just a job if you don't feel like you it's like a different feeling than an obj feels you know what i mean yeah well like we might've talked about this in the past. Like there are only a few OBJs, right? Like there's like a few stars on every team and then the rest of us and like not to take anything away from those guys. Cause they are stars. Like the rest of us, like we can kind of live behind the scenes easier and maintain it. It's like credit to those guys who can be superstars and still like maintain some semblance of like normalcy. It's hard to do though a lot of the rest of us can kind of 
we don't have that status or, you know, whatever else comes with that. Like we can kind of maintain normalcy easier than those guys can. But you don't, you don't ever want it. You don't ever think like either do it. That approach would help you in some way. Or do you think it would hurt you? Do you think like, oh, I could do these opportunities would open up if I had that approach or if I was a star? I think to some degree, everybody wants it. But when you really like boil it down and you look at it for what it is like, no, I make the decision not to. Now, it's not entirely my decision. Like if I could play better and (laughs) I would. You know what I mean? Some of that, some of that is just ability as opposed to like persona. Um, I mean, there are definitely guys though that like statistically are stars, but they're still not stars. I mean, part of it's football too. You're wearing the helmet. There's a ton of guys. The position you play too, like D tackle isn't necessarily a glamorous position like a quarterback is, but there are guys who are definitely statistically stars, but they could walk down the street and no one notices who they are. Yeah, that's. That's, that's the place you want to be. That's kind of my gold standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where you want to be. Like I'm a beast. I'm getting paid. I'm like the highest paid guy, but no one really cares who I am. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that comes with like being in the spotlight that like, I just, it just doesn't appeal to me. What specifically? Just like the fit, like the fan attention. Is it the media being up your ass? Um, I don't know. I think about like, like you said, do I, do I feel like a professional athlete? Like I feel like a lot of people just see themselves as they like through the lenses of like their childhood or like their upbringing, like who you were when you were younger before it. And like, I just can't see myself like who, like the way I am now, like the way that Kate and I, choose to live our lives. Like I couldn't see myself doing a lot of those things that like you see the superstars doing like the SBs and, you know, yachts in Europe and stuff like that. Like, but that would be cool. Oh, it'd be sweet. It'd be sweet (laughs) off camera, but but the yachts would be cool. (laughs) Yachts are sick. (laughs) It would be awesome off camera with a bunch of your buddies and just like having a good time. But like the paparazzi thing and stuff like that, like it's hard to like, live life that way when people are always talking about you like oh like so-and-so wore this so-and-so said this like i don't think the human brain is like built to handle that yeah it's not sort of notoriety no it's not like i don't like just for whatever like like the internet is still how old like ballpark 50 years i don't know how old internet 50 50 is way too long (laughs) The internet's got to be like, I guess it probably started for real in the 90s, but it wasn't a regular thing probably till the 2000s. I'll give it 20, 25 years. Okay. So, but if we're talking about like, if we're talking about the history of mankind, we're talking about thousands and thousands of years where you couldn't, you know, pick up a phone and see what Steve was doing yeah, dude, shit, on the I, West coast in so real time. Weird. So I just said to my boys, like we just FaceTime, like, is it like, do you ever stop and think how weird it is that I could just do that? Yeah. It's bizarre. It, just like, Hey, and you look clear as day and we're talking in real time. You I just did. have to write letters, but send it on a pigeon yep. <laughs> or like ride it on a horse. Or, like someone was just telling me crazy. that when, when they went off to college, they were so homesick 
or maybe I was listening to it in a podcast. I was listening to it in a podcast, actually. They were, uh, they would write letters to their girlfriend. That's so weird, dude. And like, we say that here and we're like, like, we're like, not making fun of like the older generation. We're like, like, oh, it's, it's so crazy. So I can't believe it. Yeah. But it really just is so different. Yeah, it is very different. But there's definitely a lot more positives that come along with that. You could hook that probably on. Yeah, right. Oof. There you go. Oh, hook it around. Hook it around. There you go. There you go. Right there. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, uh, there's definitely there definitely though some a lot of positives that probably come with that. People will just leave you alone. You don't feel um, obligated to text people or respond to every text without the internet. Yeah, like if like without all the technology we have. Yeah, in some I mean, ways it's nice to keep up with people, but in some ways it'd be nice for everyone to f off. <laughs> yeah, without putting on my tinfoil hat. <laughs> um, yeah, should I we mean, just I, start talking about how the Earth is flat the whole time? That'd be good for me to get some clicks. Matt Ionitas thinks the world is Ionitis thinks the world is flat. I mean, listen, <laughs> if you if you, you want to sell tickets, I'll be a flat earther. <laughs> Um, that'd be so funny. Like, like, like a year, like during the season, you're like, "Fuck, Vinny, I'm still. I have to pretend I'm a flat earther now because yeah. you made me say it on your show." Every time I'm on the mic, <laughs> they're they're asking me. You and Kyrie, <laughs> Brother, brothers in arms. He's not wrong. <laughs> he has a point. <laughs> um, but no, like it can't be. I'm not saying it's a direct correlation. I'm 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 not, but. With everything that we got going on in the political landscape and everything like that, the internet, like, and mental health issues on the rise, like, it amplifies everything. It amplifies things. everything. It, and and if you good and bad, and if you've ever done like a social media cleanse or a Wi-Fi, you know, internet cleanse, you do feel better. You know, yeah, you're mostly it, off social media, right? Yeah, I have part. it. I have it. Um, for promotional things and stuff like that. But for the most part, like I don't have the apps downloaded on my phone and net positive since you did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, you don't watch stranger things. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that. I don't watch stranger things. Right. I don't I, watch much TV. I'm watching the boys now though. Okay. Me, uh, me and Brent are sort of watching the boys. What Pretty season good. are you in? Only first season. We're on like episode six or seven, but good so far. Yeah. No, the boys is good. I'm yeah. in the middle of the third season. I got, I got stuck. And I feel like everyone out. just started talking about it all of a sudden, though. Like the season one was 2019. I ever heard anyone talk about it. And then all of a sudden it's like every meme, everything I see online is some clip from the boys. Well, I think Amazon Prime is like coming onto the scene now. I don't think. I guess. I, I wasn't sure if the show just got that much better. If everyone just figured it out, like what the deal was. But I just feel like all of a sudden everyone started talking about it. So me and Brent are like, all right, let's try it. Yeah. I'm not a big TV guy, so I don't watch Stranger Things. Um. Yeah, Stranger Things is clutch. It's the po- supposedly it's like what saved Netflix this past quarter from like I see losing that. their projected subscriptions. They they lost just under a million subscribers, and that was better than what people were expecting. That was like a good thing, right? I th- and I think <laughs> just crazy. I think they're like equating that to Stranger Things, which I mean, like I'll be I'll be a Netflix subscriber for life. You think I just canceled my Disney bundle? I never used it. I cancel my Hulu and Disney Plus. You have kids and that'll change because yes, that's true. The Disney Plus would help. That's a, all right. That's a good transition. So I want I wanted to get to that, but since you're bringing up kids, you now have a son. Mm-hmm. How has that changed you? Changed you as a person? Changed your perspective? 
Is your approach to your job different? Is your approach to life different? Like how we talked about that. We I was at your house uh, for Fourth of July weekend. And a lot of your friends have young kids, a lot mm-hmm. of young kids running around. And I think you made a comment basically like, it's so weird to me that my friends have kids. Like sometimes I forget. So you said something like that. Like sometimes I forget that all my friends have kids and that yeah. we're in this stage of life. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's, I, I, I swear, like, it's like I blinked one day and all of a sudden there were just kids in my house for a barbecue. And it's like, to answer your question, like everything is different. Like everything that me and my wife do is like centered around him for him to him with him. Like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like the, the ability for like people to love their kids. Yeah. Right away. You don't even know he could, he could be a a douchebag. (laughs) My my kid could suck, but he comes out. I just assume he's the best. My kid doesn't. I will say, I will say (laughs) this is going to come, it's going to come off very biased, but very unbiased. I think you have the cutest kid of anyone I know. I could say, I say that with a lot of confidence, but I think a lot of it comes from him being shy. He's a little shy. I think that makes him cuter. There, yeah, there's some cuteness. There I think too. you can go both ways. I think if you're shy, that can be cute. I think when kids are very outgoing and talkative, that's cute. So as long as you're not in the middle, as long as you're one extreme or the other, he's more on the shy side. I think that is good. Except yeah. I ran over, I ran over his toy when I left. And can't tell you that I need to get him a new toy. Although whoever put that behind my car, I blame more. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I put that like in the. Uh, in that wagon that I had that we were loading yeah. wood. I, in. I, was, I was gonna I was gonna send one to you, but it said it would like the same thing. But Amazon was saying it's not gonna come for a month, and I was like, screw that, I'll buy something better. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but I put it I put it in that that uh like um wagon that you can hitch up to the quad, and I come out one day because I'm I was gonna throw it away and the trash was down at the curb, and so I just needed to don't give me some somewhere. story about him being upset. <laughs> no, <Okay>. no, no, no. <laughs> the first thing from it, he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I come out there one day to him pushing it with no wheels because, you know, you ran over it. <laughs> Let's not forget. And you crushed it. Yeah. He's just pushing around this broken like push mower with no wheels on it. And I can just no hear clue. it scraping along. Well, it's a bubble maker. And I think he was trying to get it to. Yeah. He just wants the bubbles. However, he gets the bubbles. Yes. He was just fiending for some bubbles. I felt bad. But then when I told Kate, she didn't seem to care. But I still felt bad. No, nah, I mean, he's got he's got plenty of toys. It's like, it's funny. You have kids and like everyone for, I I understand now why people stash their toys or put them up in the attic. Like there's always going to be a place for toys, whether you're giving them to a niece, nephew, kid, like that's true. Yeah. They're recyclable because kids don't, I guess you, do you give him a lot of, uh, like shows that you're like, you're just sticking iPad in his face. Like how much do you have to rely on that? No, we fought. We we fight the iPad. We we fight like sticking in front of sticking him in front of something. Like we want we. It's changing a little bit now. He's starting to like before naps and stuff like that. He'll watch a little bit of TV. Um, yeah, watching TV though is different than if you're you're at a restaurant and you need the kid to be staring at the iPad to get through dinner and stuff like that. Like I feel like if I was a parent, I'd want to avoid that. Yeah, we do avoid the the yeah. iPad at the restaurant, like um, throughout or anything. You got to be selective about which restaurants you go to, too, because like that's true. It, yeah, if something happens, yeah, it does depend where you are. How about flying? Flew with him today for the first time back from Charlotte. You flew? Oh, I guess I guess uh, your wife's flown with him a few times, probably, but you never have. Or she just flew with him for the first time too. Nope she th- today was her third time. 
of a round trip. So I guess the sixth time. Um, Cause she flew down and back with him twice and I had to shuttle the car. So how, I had to drive. How is he on it? He was good. He didn't cry. He was uh, sick. Yeah. He was really good. See, He's the man. He didn't nap. We, t- we try and pick our flights around his nap time and he didn't nap. He was, just, I don't know if it was just like excitement or what, but he wouldn't sleep. He had the sleepy ha ha's like he was, <laughs> he was, you know, ripping you know the little pamphlets and barf bags were there out of the seats in front of us and playing peekaboo with the people behind us but he was good like he wasn't you know he yeah, wasn't no like complain about that screaming or crying no right. you know guy next to us was like oh he was so good and i was like i was like thank you so proud of him you got to give him a, a reward after that you give him his favorite food or something i feel like he needs some kind of reward it's like a dog good boy <laughs> give him a treat well, <laughs> You know, it's funny, like when I was a, when I was a kid, I asked my mom one time, I was like, there's a mother's day, there's a father's day, there's no kids day. And she's like, Matt, every day is kids day. That is true. And then you realize like just tying it into what you just said, like he gets his favorite food every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way he eats. (laughs) At some point it's just, it's just, it's just about calories. It's just like, Hey, he he has survival. (laughs) Yeah. He's not eating. Just give him what he wants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so do you, so do you think having a kid, has that changed your perspective on your job? on playing football yeah like do you like do you worry more about injuries like like concussion shit do you worry more about like fine do you worry more just financially in general do you worry like what unfortunately yeah i mean yeah you don't want to be like playing a contact sport thinking about that sort of thing i could see myself there am i too far no you're good okay yeah, you're good um you don't want to be thinking about those sort of things when you're out there. Like you just kind of want to play like clear mind, but like it does like, again, like everything like ties back to him. Like, um, it's a, it's a, like we said initially, like when you have them, it's like immediate, there's an immediate part of it. And then there's just like this gradual like bond that develops and somewhere like for me, somewhere along that, like gradual bond, I started like looking like, you know how like you play the future game with yourself and you like, okay, what's my future going to look like? Yeah. I okay. never have an answer. <laughs> you never have an answer, right? <laughs> never but, you, but you see all kinds of like crazy scenarios, like five years from now, I might be in California doing this or that. Like right. it's all just like hypotheticals in your mind. You have a kid and you start doing that with your kid. Like, okay. In five years, my son's six, like what's that going to look like? And so now like I'm seeing myself, like I see myself through his eyes like through the lenses of his life and i'm always trying to like base my decisions off of that if that makes sense right like how do i want him to see me when he's six like when he's six what's it what's the world going to be like to him and then okay how am i going to be to him and just with football it's like you know it's obviously a dangerous sport like you know everyone wants to walk away on their own terms. A lot of that is like walking away with your health. And so like when you're out there, protect yourself. Like, like I play with a guy in Washington who had a kid and before practice one day, I see him putting on sunscreen, something very minor like that. And I was like, you know, me like grew up with a pool. We go to the beach, like, you know, 
I'm Greek, you're Italian. We probably didn't wear a ton of sunscreen growing up. Like I still try not to, but the sun's been getting me more and more. I've been getting burned a lot more as I've aged, but I still, I'm like, ah, I'm fine. But that's your mindset, right? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> so that was my mindset up until that moment too. And he was like, I got a kid now, man. I got to be around. And he just said, I got to be around. And I was like, oh, you're thinking about dying. Like, and I was like, oh, shoot. Once I had a kid, I start thinking, like, I think about dying all the time. And I know that's, that's weird. Dark. <laughs> it's it is, but like I'm like, okay, I've got to be around. And it like it is like, you know, without getting into like too much of it, like growing up in the household I did, dad not being around, like I gotta be there for him. Right. You you get the going through that, you get the importance of what it means to be around. Right. Yeah. Um this, he obviously has no clue what you're doing then, like what you do. No, right? Because he's no, he's yeah, yeah, he's too young. He can't he can't pick up on that yet. Um, do you think about like you're saying, think about the future, like what he's going to think about it, or almost like I don't know. I'm trying to think like, oh, you know, he's he's going to be taken care of. Do I have to worry about? Like him not having too comfortable of a life or do I have to worry about like him? Like, like, do you ever factor any of that in or just like trying to make his life as normal as possible or trying to have him be there for all the cool shit? Like the normal stuff. Like, yeah, we like, you know, like I I have a teammate in uh, Carolina who was um, he's big into real estate investing. And he was telling me um, about this statistic and again i this is all secondhand at this point i'm hope i'm not butchering it but he's like the odds of um you know a grandfather or whatever it is making a sum of wealth or some of money his son will likely squander it and his grandchild will almost definitely like blow that money and so that's one of the things where it's like I didn't grow up with it and like, I don't want him to grow up like a trust fund kid. You know what I mean? Like he can't learn the importance of money if he's just always had it. Like, I don't want him like obviously like needing anything that he doesn't get, but I worry about that. Like him growing up normal, like him growing up with a realistic, like, like appreciation for money and but also not like a fear of not having it too you know what i mean just like yeah there's a balance there, there yeah i want to just whatever that wherever that balance is for him is where like we're looking I think, for i think brady even just had a quote where he got a lot of shit for uh like he was i mean he's obviously that's a very different scenario because he's like uber wealthy him and his wife but they were saying something along the lines of like uh the like the biggest issue i have raising my kids is that like their life is too sick like they have a nanny, they have a cook, they have someone do all these things. And he has to be like, yo, that's not normal. Like, obviously, that's a different position. But I know he got flack for that being like, that's my hardest job as a parent. But I was like, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, if you really boil that down, what's he saying? Like, my hardest job as a parent is like raising kids. Like, yeah, raising my, my kids jo- correctly to like, yeah. Like, as a parent, I'll never judge like another parent. Like, it is it is a hard job to do. So like, if it, that makes total sense, like it's probably hard to be Tom Brady. And then thinking about raising a kids, raising kids like in that world, like that's gotta be really hard. Cause you're worried about, you're worried about 
you know, making sure they come out normal. I mean, yeah, they're going to be yeah, they're going to be like literally that they're going to be normal. Yeah. Think about like the childhood like stars like. Yeah, they really struggle and like. Like it's got to be tough being a Disney star. And then, you know, finally that like Disney umbrella, like blanket, whatever's covering you is gone. And then like you're out in the real world and it's like you've got, you know, whatever trauma it was from your past from like being super famous, super young. We talked about like the human mind not being able to handle that sort of thing. Like that's got to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I wonder like some people who it worked out for them as child stars. I wonder what's what was different. I wonder if you could do some kind of analysis on if there's any commonality on child stars who they ended up okay. Like Justin Timberlake, you know, he was a child star. He really? Yeah. So was Gosling. Like he like Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake. I want to say Ryan Gosling. There are a bunch of people in the. It was like a Disney child star kind of thing. Like they all started in the same shit. Whatever. Whatever. I forget what the name of it was. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. You obviously know who was a child star that went crazy, (laughs) goes crazy because they amplify it. Right. Like, I think the media is wrong in a lot of ways for that. But like. Yeah, they like love it when someone goes crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. Which is not which is not great. (laughs) When you were on, I talked about this. So people who don't know, I had one podcast of several years ago where you were one of my first ones. It still exists in audio only. So I. We talked about this at the time, but for the sake of wanting to bring it up again um, for this, I remember we uh, like when you were going to Temple in high school, we had a conversation where I knew you were going to Temple and basically you were telling me like kind of how confident you were of like how it was going to work out almost like a visualization sort of deal. Like you were basically, I fear what you said exactly, but something along the lines of like I'm going to start getting time. Like you had it almost like planned out. Like you were deciding what I was going to be like, I'm going to get time freshman year. I'm going to be starting by sophomore year. And you kind of laid it out to me. I kind of doubted a little bit, not in like a negative way. I was rooting for you. Obviously we were friends, but I was just like, Oh, I don't know. Like you just sounded very confident that maybe it was like, I wasn't confident enough in myself that like it was off putting. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I guess we'll see. I hope so. And then you did basically exactly what you said at temple. Um, is that something you still do now? Like, do you go into like this season where you're kind of like visualizing, almost scripting out? Because you did it once and it worked. I know from experience. I hope I'm not contradicting myself. I I think if I had to look back on myself from that time, I would say that was probably just like young, like being young and hotheaded. No, no, no. That's sick. That's the attitude you need to have. No, I'm saying from the previous interview. I don't know what my reaction was then. Oh, oh, to me telling you the story. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But I think um, hopefully with a with a touch more humility <laughs> going forward. I don't, I, think, remember, I don't even remember how that conversation. Do you remember me telling you this or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember the interview. I, don't even, I didn't listen. I haven't listened back to it since like for years. So I don't even remember what we said. But I, I think like what's. Whether I knew I was doing it or not, I think I was like practicing like visualization and just trying to like achieve the things I was visualizing as opposed to just like, uh, hopefully not just like spouting nonsense, but yeah, I try and still visualize things. I probably shouldn't. And I probably shouldn't make predictions like that going, going forward anymore. Cause it's a bit of a bigger stage. Well, I guess predictions like to the media or being a little vocal about it. I find a lot of times people, it's almost, if there's a, there's like some kind of psychological thing 
to that where it's it's almost like you like you tell people you're going to do things before you do it. You kind of feel good about it. You kind of feel like you did it already. Like I, I don't like I personally don't like telling people future things, but I don't think it's wrong for you yourself to to have like to have those conversations internally with yourself. You know what I mean? Why don't you like to do it? Like out loud? Because I just think it's like I haven't done it yet. It's like if I were to tell you, like, I mean, I told you some future plans I have for this podcast or like a career, let's say. But if you start saying things almost like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, like achievement sort of or goal kind of things. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like I'm thinking I'm jinxing myself or I'm thinking I'm. I don't know what the right phrase or term would be, but I almost just feel like I haven't done it yet. I prefer to talk to other people about things I've done. Not like almost brag about things I haven't done yet. Because who knows if I'm going to do it. In my head, I'm going to be confident that I'm going to do it. Right. But I, but I feel like it comes off like you're bragging about something you haven't even done yet. That's probably closer to where I am now, I'd say then. Right. But like internally, I think you should be having those conversations with yourself. Like I think that's a positive way to think. Yeah, like. Okay, so you're, you're saying you have those conversations with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm way over the top confident internally now is it positive self-talk or are you visualizing like say you say um okay i want to have um you know i want to average fifty thousand, hundred thousand, million views in my podcast whatever your goal is are you visualizing like seeing that number on or you know in this talk you're saying i'm going to get to those views are you or are you saying like are you seeing yourself go through the steps to which like go through your process to get there or like almost like the destiny, it becomes more about the journey than the destination. Like I, don't I, I think I tend to, to visualize the end, which probably isn't good, just like the end result. But I almost feel like that could be a, a factor of doing something like this versus being a professional athlete, like being a professional athlete is a little more linear. Um, Whereas there's a lot of variables that come along with like, you know, if you're doing something like this now, it could go a bunch of different ways. Like I said, I, I could go into production. I could go into your talent. You could get a job somewhere. You could free, like there's a lot of possibilities. So it's hard to visualize it. Whereas as a professional athlete, you're like, I need to get better at this. You get better at these. I'll perform well. Stats, contracts. Like, yeah, it's sure. a little more. But I struggle with that. And even you said the self-talk thing. I don't know if you do this. But I am so bad with negative self-talk. I talk shit to myself all the time. I'm like very confident, but at the same time, I'm, I have very negative self-talk. Very negative. And it's, it's constant. Constant. But it's like up and down. Like all my confidence is through the roof or I'll be like, psst, not even mad at myself, more so like I'm mad at the world. <laughs> like, like the world is conspiring against me. But I have like very negative, I'll get very negative at times. Sure. I think that's natural. I think everyone does yeah. that. I had that problem playing. Like playing sports growing oh, up. It's the worst being in the gutter. Yeah. One bad play. Do you get like just, that still or not as much? Um, No, only because I understand. And, I, you know, just lessons hard learned. Like you spend too much time focusing on like, like if you ever get pancakes, something like that, you just think about it. Like it's probably just going to happen again. You know what I mean? Not because yeah. like, like you're like thinking into existence, but you're probably just not like playing your best yeah, ball focus the way you should be. Probably. Yeah. And I've had bad games where like that probably had had a role or had an effect on me, but like, 
Sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you, though. Yeah, I I, I always had a problem like as an adult now. I've actually talked about this on uh, like other like people I've talked to on, on Mike. I've, I've made the same comment where it's like as an athlete. Like you were this pretty much the same as me growing up. I mean, we I mean, you whittled down to football probably earlier than I did. Like I still played multiple sports probably for a lot longer. Um, but I almost because I, I had no interest besides for sports. So almost my whole identity was baked into sports. So my whole confidence, my mood, how I saw myself was all based on how I was playing. And, and growing up, like, I was always one of the better athletes. So I was like, I'm an athlete. Like I'm a football player. I'm baseball. I'm a basketball player. So how I played would just, I would probably reflect on that. That was a reflection of my self-worth. I feel like as a professional athlete, I could see that being amplified where it's like, if I'm not playing well, like I'm an athlete, like if I'm not good. Like, you know? like your identity was wrapped up in yeah, like how, what you how I did played. and not just so much like, like I'm not, just a, not so I'm much just like a, what sports you play, but how well you played that day. And what sports I play. Like, yeah, but it was like, I'm a, I am an athlete, not like I'm a, I am Vinny and I play football. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a difference there. Like you're like, I almost think it gets amplified even more as a professional athlete. Um, I can even speak from like you're, you and my, like our experiences hanging out. A lot of times our conversations will be about football. Like yeah. you almost feel like it, like, oh, so I'm just like, it becomes almost too much pressure in a way, maybe. So like I had this coach in, in Washington um, and he would always be like, never confuse what you do with who you are. Right. Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. And he would, and then he would go on to tell you like who he was. And it was a bunch of like family titles. First and foremost, it was his faith. Then it was a bunch of family titles and it was like, like, Oh, okay. And he would talk about like compartmentalizing like life, like, you know, you got your football notebook over here. You got your, uh, you know, your, your diet notebook or, you know, your family notebook, all these things. And it's like only ever like try and only ever have one notebook open at a time. Don't try and multitask. Am I speaking too low? I'm just double checking. So you got to multitask as a producer and a host. Um, yeah, I just think like, I definitely think the family thing is probably what changes it. <laughs> I definitely think the family thing, though, is what changes it. Yeah. Like in terms of realizing that you're not just an athlete. Mm hmm. Because, yeah. Whoever like your like your kid will never see you as a podcaster. He'll see you as dad. Like it could couldn't care less, especially at a young age. And I yeah, can they don't know anything. I can yeah. only speak to a young age right now, but like. He couldn't give two dams what I do for a living. And, and that's like, that's perfect. That's exactly how I'd want it. And that's, you know, that's how I imagine a lot of people are. So do you have any kind of strategy to avoid? Like, is it just from experience almost just realizing, oh, this is going to happen again. Like I'm not going to be getting a sack every play. So you just kind of just get used to brushing it off, like having a short memory or was there something you had to adjust? Um, how do you mean that? Like something I have to adjust it in what sense? Like, did you ever have to have a, like think to yourself 
what we were just saying, oh, when I'm negative or getting down on a bad play, it negatively reflects. Like it, it, I end up playing worse. Like if I'm too focused on being negative on myself, so you almost had to intentionally work at it or was it just, it just naturally happens as you're a, as you're a veteran, the more you play, the more reps you get, it just. Yeah. Like I mean, more conscious or subconscious, I guess. Um, Bit of both. I think like part of it is like training and part of it is just that like, um, like training your mind to go to the next play. And some of it is also just like game speed. Sometimes just works to your benefit. You don't have the time to like think on the next play because the next play is or think on the last play because the next play is already here. Like sometimes in that sense, but sometimes you have to like make a serious kind of like concerted effort. Okay. Put that out of your mind. Okay. Take the next 10 breaths. Think about it all you want. When you get to the end, it's over, it's done, you know, but it's tough. Like with anything in life, like any sort of like trauma or, you know, issue you having, like your mind wants to like, just keep pulling back to that thing. And you have to like find like ways to fight it, coping mechanisms, stuff like that. What about injuries? You've dealt with a few injuries. Um, the, I'll tell you what, like the, the, the bones, they're not great, but like they're easy. Cause you, like you trust that like the plate in your hand isn't going to break or the screw in your foot isn't going to break. But then it's like, you do something soft tissue. Like I did my bicep. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> and I like, like two years ago, we had my bicep was the first time I'd ever had like a soft tissue. Like I remember you showed me it too. It's gross. Ugh. Like you Ugh. just, you just don't know if you can trust it. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Like once not, a bone's healed, you're like, all right, it's healed, but a muscle is a little different. Right. Cause you never really know when it's healed. Yeah. It doesn't quite feel the same anymore. Like, yeah. Have you had any surgeries? No, I actually like knock on wood, got very lucky that I never had a major, like I've broken some small bones, like fingers and shit like that, okay. but never, I've sprained ankles. I've uh, sprained my AC joint, but nothing major. Yeah. Which is pretty, yeah. pretty nice. Avoid, avoid the knife at all costs. Yeah. Um, AC joints are no fun. How'd I played you- through it, though. Like, I, I, I wasn't able to lift my arm past here, but I was running back at the time. So all I had to do was this. This is high school? <laughs> yeah. Do you have that, like, weird messed yeah, up looking I, collarbone where, like, it no, sticks no, up yeah. a little bit? Nah, no, nothing like that. Although my shoulder's still fucked, though. Like, I, I have. Like, I can't sleep on that side of my body. Like, my shoulder's a little messed up, but it's not. Do you ever get an image? Like, do you think it's no? Think I, I just I just hit up Ryan every time I have the tiniest injury. I'm like, yo, me. yeah, no, I literally I'm like, yo, it's our friend's a personal trainer <laughs> for people watching. Do do you think if you were to get it imaged, they would find tearing along the cuff? Probably a little or bit. I probably have a little bit of labrum. I, I'm always scared about pecs. You ever see someone tear a pec? Um, a few. Horrifying. I've seen two people do it while trying to max out bench. And it's literally one of the scariest things I've ever seen okay. in my life. I've never seen it in person, but I've, but I've seen uh, people like right yeah, after like afterwards, how gross it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're never, I feel like a pack is probably the worst. That is the one that would scare me the most a pack, but like I've seen people do it like max out benching uh, in college. We would have to max bench squat clean, which is stupid. It's just kind of unnecessary. All in the same day. Yeah. And uh, your central nervous system was Fuck. Yeah. And uh two guys like back to back years, someone did it, and it would be like a gunshot in the gym, which is boom, echo throughout the gym. There'd be a brief second of nothing happens, and then boom, 
like 350 pounds just lands on the person. I'm it's surprised. It's horrifying. Because when when it when it when it goes, there's Nothing. just the peck minor underneath, right? Like, I'm surprised they could even float that bar for a second before it comes down. I don't know. It's just like there was a second be- between the sound and you seeing them just drop the weight. It is legit horrifying. It's scary, especially you, with all that weight under you, over you. Do you ever see that guy Larry Wheels? I think is his name. I used to when I was uh, a fitness when I was trying to be a fitness guy. I used to follow Larry Wheels. He um, I don't follow any fitness people anymore though. I saw a video of him where he was training with this cat who was doing like incline bench, some stupid like number. It might have been like four or five for reps or something like that, and like it was being filmed and you saw him tear his pack. Oh, dude. And like, that's a scary world. Like, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly. Like there might've been like a GoFundMe page or something for him to like, you, like yeah, what does he surgery do that? and rehab? Cause like, yeah. like, w- like, I don't know what kind of money's involved in that sport. Like that's crazy. Like think about like getting a surgery. Like you, t- like you just love working out and you know, you work a nine to five and you get pec surgery and like you work at a laptop or a desk and all of a sudden like you can't work like that's a that's a six-month recovery i mean you're not in a sling for six months but like yeah no it's that's not what you easy. gotta work especially yeah. if it's like your right peck that's your mouse hand and everything Dude, i always like talk that. about that as an adult getting injured is just the i, I don't play any sports anymore because i'm so scared to get hurt and just have to like like if you get like i, I mean obviously like that's gonna happen like that happens as an athlete but your job is just to rehab get better, like just work on it. You don't have to do your normal day to like your normal day to day is recovering. Right. If you're a normal regular adult, like if I was if, if in the city, go, I don't go to the office anymore. I go in the office every day and you like tear an ACL having to get around New York city with like your leg in a straight cast like that. It's miserable. Yeah. You go, I work in a sling and you have a desk job. I have, yeah, I have a buddy who pain in the ass who probably needs a hip replacement or is close to it. And he's like, I can't, I can't get that. I'll, I'll be out of work. Can't work. I'll lose my job. Like I, that's yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Like the day to day stuff is more is would be brutal. But if you're a, a bodybuilder and you tear your pec, that's like your whole livelihood is in jeopardy now. Well, a lot of those cats have other jobs, right? Like wasn't, wasn't, uh, what was the guy? What was the guy's name? Was it Ronnie Coleman? Wasn't he also a police officer? I, I don't know. I'm the sure name? there's guys like that, though. Is that his name, though? Ronnie Coleman? The, uh, Ronnie Coleman is one of the most famous bodybuilders of yeah, all time. Yeah. I think he... I'm pretty sure he was a cop. I can look that up, but I'm pretty sure he was a cop when... uh, Like, in the early days of, like... Yeah, when he... Like, probably before he was at his peak, I'm sure. Yeah, because you got to have some crazy, like, endorsement deals to they, uh, just lift My, my first gym, my first apartment out of school was in East Rutherford, like, right by MetLife. And... uh I went to like a bodybuilding gym. It was old shitty gym. Everything was awful, uh, like equipment wise. But the famous bodybuilders used to go there and they had and they would have pictures of them signed and stuff. And Ronnie Coleman, there was a there was a pair of dumbbells that Ronnie Coleman used. And there was a thing above it. I forget. I wish I remember the exact number of the weight, but it was like 200 pounds each one. Something astronomically ridiculous it's like i couldn't even pick it up was there a photo of him using it he might have been using it in the photo yeah what do you think he was using it for probably the incline bench if i had a guess like incline, bench, bench. incline bench yeah just crazy crazy to think to do that just unnecessary at that point what's the what's the stuff on the on the the handle that helps you grip it what's it called chalk 
no, um, whatever the grip is on those, when you, when you get really heavy, it starts to like hurt your hand because it starts to like cut into your hand. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. I, I, yeah, like they, they had it on its own thing. Like it was its own rack, basically just these two dumbbells that were like 200 plus pounds each. Do you remember when, uh, you watch Game of Thrones and you don't watch a lot no, of TV? No, don't watch Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm a, out on, I'm out on dragons and magic. Miss, okay. miss me with that's where you draw the line all right yeah. so there was a guy on that show <laughs> called the mountain yes i do know who he is that i don't big, know if he big was ass like, dude yeah big ass he dude. like f- did a thing with mcgregor right that's a guy who like did mma shit with mcgregor as like a bit at one point i i don't know maybe right. probably i don't right. i don't but i know you're talking about yeah i don't doubt it but he got no he uh th- he signed a contract to fight eddie hall who's another they're both like power lifters or whatever yeah, it is. yeah they're not like bodybuilders they're like they do strongman contests right and um shoot i forget where i was going with this oh so eddie hall um i was i've recently got into like fighting like uh you just beating people up on the street no no i really got it <laughs> no so i've recently started like watching like all the fights and uh i was like okay well let me let me look into this fight see if it's even worth it and I'm starting to watch like videos of like these guys just lifting weights. I just go down this like YouTube rabbit hole of just like watching these two like lift weights and spar. And I'm like, okay, this, I don't think this is for me. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. It's just not for me, but I'm watching this video of Eddie Hall lifting and he's got these like, these like uh, racks. So lifting like a 200 pound weight or whatever it is, it's right here already. It's like these mobile, like, Oh, I kind of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so he can just grab them right from here. And I guess as he lifts them up, they retract or whatever. Yeah, like swings away. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if there's like a foot pedal or something that brings it back down. That's a a power. Like guys do that with heavy squats. Yeah. They'll do those kinds of things. Because, yeah, because you want to make sure it gets right under you immediately. You don't have to like walk to the rack. You don't want to carry that thing any further than it has to go. Yeah, the bar bending that way. Do you ever think about that? That when we were in high school, like I always, I talk about that with some of the guys we played with in high school that we would do like box squats with weight that was so heavy it's bending the bar like is that even helping us at uh 17 you might have i don't think i ever touched you never above did that 25 no really no it hurt my back i remember i used to have to put that like um it was like formed to like fit your traps yeah yeah the blue it was like a blue thing that would go yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah. 225 i remember watching a, uh oh we don't have to say his name but i remember watching a guy who was much smaller than me like rep on a box squat with like great speed, like 315. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I am soft. <laughs> nah, but squatting, I, I can't squat anymore. That hurts my back too. I can't put any weight on my back like that. Well, it didn't even hurt like my lower back. Like it hurt my traps. Like the where the, yeah, bar, the bar sat. Too. I feel yeah. like that with front squats, like it's hurting my collarbone. I try to do the finger thing. I'm like, my wrists hurt. I can never no. get, I can never get good on that. You know, you can do is you can wear like wrist straps. I don't know if you have wrist straps or they're at the gym and then you can tie those up. And so then, basically like it just it, use it as like an extension of your hand so you can get your elbows up get into that like position but you don't have to be like obliterating your yeah, wrists yeah i hate that i just stick to kettlebells to be honest yeah get a nice little goblet squat going how regimented is your is your training do you just have like your own trainer or does the team tell you what you should be working on is it just up to you like do they care about like what you're working on specifically in the weight room you like a program yeah most of my career in washington i live like i lived in washington all year round so you just worked out at the facility so i worked at the facility with the strength coach there like chad there in the in washington phenomenal program like knows what he's doing stays up on all the like the new literature coming out of 
wherever they're doing all these studies. But um, in Carolina now, um, strength coach down there was my college strength coach. And so um, I've been doing his lifts, um, you know, at Temple or like just out in central PA. Um, or if I'm down there, obviously I'm doing them there. Do you have, I kind of asked this a little bit, but I'm going to ask you a different way. Like earlier asked this kind of like you're on a one-year deal now. Is that any kind of added pressure being on a one-year deal versus having like the comfort of, all right, I got a few years, a little more secure. No, I mean, I was going to be on a one-year deal either way. Because I was going into the last year of my contract in Washington. That's a, that's a good way to look at it, I guess. It was a one-year deal either way. That is true. And, like, I didn't have any guaranteed money left on my deal in Washington. So, a little bit less money, yeah. But there's also some guarantees in play now where it's like, okay, I was going into Washington on a one-year deal anyway with no guarantees yeah. versus this deal. So That's true. Um, I, yeah, but I could also see like going into a, a, the last year of a deal or a one year deal. It's like an opportunity as well. Yeah. You obviously have a little more confidence when you're not freshly cut, but, <laughs> but <laughs> what was that like? Did, did you, did you think, I feel like people will always say it's just business kind of thing. Did it feel like business? It felt like business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if just seeing some of my best friends across the league or, you know, that I play with just get cut and travel around and play different teams. Like, I don't know if I've just become like numb to it all. Now, the first time I got cut, it was not business. It was very personal. And it was business to them, but to me, oh, as, you felt as a, yeah. it felt personal. Cause I just, right. I had never experienced. I'd never been cut before. I forgot life. you got cut your first year. Technically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. At training camp. F- very much. So felt business. And in, in hindsight, I look back or sorry, very much. So felt personal in hindsight. I look back. It was business. Yeah. This time around, like, I didn't miss a beat, got the call, called my wife, called my agent, like, okay, what's next? Like, let's, you know, let's say our goodbyes, let's make peace with it, and let's let's keep it rolling. Which I was honestly really proud of, if I had to say. Like, I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, if I ever get cut one day, like, how I'm going to be, I was actually surprised. Like how you handled it, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Humble brag. You should brag. It's sick. Well, it's 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 sick too. That that's kind of why I asked the underdog question a while ago because, like, like I even said, you know, the going to Temple, I was like, oh, well, you know, like we'll see. I got it. Just felt like Temple was oh, that's big time ball, even though it probably really wasn't. But it felt like that. Then you you know get <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm saying compared, it wasn't like Alabama. <laughs> like like I was being like, holy shit, like he's playing at Temple. Like at the time, it just felt huge. But then you like felt confident, like whatever then you got to washington like you said you got cut in the beginning you were what fourth or fifth round pick fifth fifth which like that's not like you're a first second third round pick and there were a lot of first round picks on that d-line but then you went from that to like ascending into a core guy on that defense getting a bigger contract like i feel like it's cool to have like a career that's been constantly ascending even with the like you know there's a cut in between or whatever it is like it's been ascending the whole time i feel like that's not normal I could understand how it could be, um, it could appear that way, or maybe it even is, and I'm just not aware of it because everything just like everything in life just happens over, like, just like a drip drip over life. Like it doesn't feel that way to me. It just feels like one day just bleeding into the next, like stacking days. 
yeah it's, like it's slower than from an outsider's perspective yes like yeah. if you, like I, I imagine if you look at like a wikipedia page or something like that you could summarize it all very quickly but like a lot of that stuff in hindsight like some things you look back and you're like oh that you know that felt like yesterday and some things look back and i'm like oh that was you know that was a long time ago it's just yeah it is it is weird how it is a long time ago yeah even I remember the senior bowl. I remember you boosted your draft stock a lot that week. I remember you had like a great week and everyone was talking about that. Yeah. If I boosted my draft stock and went in the fifth, I couldn't imagine what it would happen if I didn't go to the senior. But bowl. I think that's cool. I feel like it, I feel like it's cooler. I don't I almost would. I mean, I guess I'd be like, oh, I'd rather be the star, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like it's cooler. To not be the consensus number one and the top guy and everyone's kissing your ass and like working your way up like that's cooler. It's you very, know, it's very humble of you, but what do you mean? Like it, not humble, but uh, it's pretty damn cool to be a first round pick. <laughs> I That's mean, what I'm saying. Like, I, I know the reaction is like, nah, it'd be cool to be a first round pick, but I kind of feel it, like it's it's cooler to be almost doubted or overlooked or something and have the confidence in yourself and prove it over time. Yeah, I mean, I, like I feel like that's there's more, more, there's more of an accomplishment. More, there's more of a chip. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? You got to polish it a little bit more, though. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. Like there's two there's two different types of players. Like as far as like the like the chip, there's two different kinds of players, right? Like everyone always thinks like, oh, first round picks have it easy. And in a lot of respects, they do like their contracts are guaranteed. and They're not going to get cut most likely in the first four years versus the rest of us. We're like we're trying to prove like that we can do it right they're trying to prove that they're not a bust. And so like in that, like in that sense, like that's where the pressure of like being a first round pick yeah, it's more pressure comes in sure. where it's like, they're like, they're trying not to like, we're trying to succeed, which is it's easier to like try and succeed. It's probably a harder game to start at the top. If you've never been at the, like it's easy to climb the ladder from the bottom yeah. looking up. It's just hard. like, once you're already up there, it's probably hard to start up there. Cause you, you don't, it's like that you didn't have that journey, that process. Yeah, you're starting off with pressure right off the bat. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you think you're gonna look in blue and uh the blue? I'm I, so pumped to switch teams too. That's like the best that's like the best thing. I love just like I have a new team. It's great. I think <laughs> I think I saw something yesterday about like a new uniform and yes, a new dude, helmets. Everyone's I, I was gonna ask you that too. Everyone's going with black uniforms all of every team now is like black helmets, black uniforms, black this. Everyone's I feel like everyone's always said black uniforms are cool. They are. And all of a sudden everyone just I don't know if the league all decided together, but everyone has black helmets and stuff like that. They are. I'm just worried about playing in like like the one o'clock games in the heat in the black unis. Cause like when you were like when you wear because we we had black unis in college and you could feel the heat when you when you would wear those things versus like the white ones, like we played we played the Dolphins a few years ago, and their stadium it had to have been like by design. Their stadium was built so that like during the whole fall at a one o'clock game or whatever it was, when the sun would set, they would be in the shade, and our bench would be That's in the smart. Heat. I like that. <laughs> and I remember it's like we, when they give you the shitty away locker rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, we would and we would take time. If, I, if I'm if I'm them, I'm always wearing white at home, just like Dallas. I'm wearing I'm wearing white so that. We can keep cool or whatever, but I'm also like, 
we would we would take uh, timeouts on the field, TV timeouts or whatever it was. And instead of walking over to our bench, we would walk to the other hash to get into the shade from where the stadium was like shading the stadium. And the the coaches were like trying to motion us over like, no, fuck that. Like, weren't people doing a thing last year where they were bringing their own benches? Didn't that didn't you guys start that like Washington? No, start that? no, that or the was, Cowboys did that to you. Yeah, the uh, the Cowboys <laughs> did that to us. But then other teams, I feel like kept doing it. It became like a trend for a few weeks last year. Yeah, it was because what happened late in the season, right? And that's when all the like division games like uh, play out. Like you usually play, you know, roughly you usually play three early, your three division yeah. games, and then you play three late. And so like those games matter the most because everyone's battling for playoff spots. Like divisions right. are typically, you know, higher weighted games as far as like, you know. Yeah, get a game up, they go a game down, yeah. And so... uh I remember like the last like four games in the NFC East, it was just everyone bringing their benches. Yeah, <laughs> like so random why that's nest. But I guess because everyone's trying to get an advantage when you're home. So you probably, you're not giving them the best benches. <laughs> well, it's a flex for Dallas, too, because they they go so far with those benches from. Yeah, they're driving from Dallas to go all three of their division games. Like for Washington, like you go up to Philly, it's two and a half hours. Like that's an easy thing to like throw yeah. benches on a semi and just drive them up there. Right. Um. Who are you most looking forward to uh, playing this year? Um, you can give me a team or you can give me a quarterback. I feel like the quarterbacks. Oh, if you have Tom on the divi- like on the schedule, you're always going to be excited to play Tom because it's like you obviously, especially in light of this past all season, like you don't know how much time you've got left to get after him. And like, like, you know, he is the best quarterback to ever do it. Um, Like, to, to get a sack on Tom, like those are, those are pretty cool. Um, and you've done that, right? I have, you have that. sacked yep. him. I know yep. you sacked him. You sacked Aaron. I got him in new England, not in Tampa. So we'll have, I'll have two, I'll have two tracks at him this year. Two cracks at him. Um, I'm trying to think what else I have. You want to talk conspiracies? I'd be I, that. I mean, that's going to be the headline, though. Whatever conspiracy you pick, that's going to be the headline. Matt Ioannidis, fill in the blank of whatever conspiracy. What, what conspiracy do you want to believe in? What do I want to believe in, or do I believe in? Am I morally obligated? <laughs> what will to get me in? the most clicks? <laughs> oh. I think flat Earth will get me the most clicks. I don't know about that, man. We got to go a little more controversial. <laughs> we should wrap it up soon. I feel like I need a last question. Um, all right, prediction: How many sacks are you getting this year? Oh. I, I think double di- I think double digits this year. I think that is bad luck to make a prediction like that. You think? Well, can I just predict for you? Is that bad luck? Um, I don't I th- think it's bad luck. I think I, you already did. I think I, you can do whatever you want. It's your al- show. I've also predicted for you every year. So I don't think it makes... You've had years where you've done it and you have years where you didn't. So I think my... What I predict, that never matters. I mean, yeah. It's your show. Be my guest. We're in your house. 25. What's the record? Probably somewhere around there. There's a 22, right? Something like that. Sounds like you know it. What? Record sacks. I think TJ Watt just tied it. 22. Yeah. Jared Allen. And. Or no. Michael Strahan. It's Michael Michael Strahan. Strahan, 22 and a half. I believe. Oh. According to Goog. According to the Goog. 
Is there any? Are there any defensive tackles that? <laughs> What's the line from Zoolander? I'm not a good you Googleizer. <laughs> uh, are there any defensive tackles that you whose game you admire? Any defensive tackles? Like, game? do you ever watch film on anyone else or not? Um. Yeah. So. I'm good buddies with Jonathan Allen. He had a monster year last year. He had a great year last year. Yes, monster year. He did. And he's you and got to see that up close then. Oh yeah, I got to. Yeah, he's 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 put together a string of really good years. Um, last year was obviously a breakout year for him. And then if I would, if we're you know, I'll say a guy who was who's retired now, um, Justin Smith, 49ers. Oh yeah, he was um, nice. Yeah, yep. he was good. He yeah, he's uh, he really did a good job with that like cross chop like hump move. Um, yeah, so yeah, like do you pick up moves from guys and then try to work on, or do you talk to guys about technique kind of shit? You got to know like what you're capable of, right? Like I'm like I'm never gonna run four four. So like whatever a pass rusher who's running four four off the edge is doing, like that's probably not gonna be in my toolbox. You and and so like you kind of like, like I can watch Aaron Donald until I'm blue in the face. Like, yeah, it's not how you play. <laughs> it's, you know, like my, you know, my, our bodies are different, like different weights, different, yeah. all that stuff. You're like not the same style player at all. Yeah. I just, I could never, I could never hope to mimic that. And, and likewise, like, um, you know, like a lot of these guys who run, you know, crazy forties and are super fast. Like their game isn't to, you know, do what a lot of the power guys do. That makes sense. I feel like you're the top. You're me. You're probably one of the top power. Guys. Weren't you like one of the highest rated? What's your Madden rating now? You going uh, up or down? Same. Did you check? Oh, I'm definitely going down after last year. Definitely going down. You think, but you weren't you at one point, like the, the highest strength rating in the entire league on Madden. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, right? Like, I think that's accurate. Um, well, I think like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, um, Aaron Donald's been in the 99 club for. Well, 99 overall. Right. But to get 99 overall, you have like the number one, you have the 99 strength. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works. I think if to be in. It, how did they get to the 99? I'm still trying to find TJ Watts. Um stats from last year i'm pretty oh, sure Aaron Donald does have the highest strength rating damn that's crazy oh i i know exactly what number you're at 22 and a half last year yep so what who tj watt you're saying mm-hmm. oh. he's tied with strahan for the record wait so i i know exactly what your ranking is the top 100 players with the highest strength attribute madden 23 where do you think you should fall i know where i fall there i've seen that but my overall rating i don't know uh, your overall. Oh wait, I can. I have that right here too. What do you think your rating is? Um, mid to high seventies. High seventies, seventy-eight. You definitely. I think at one point you were the highest rated player on Washington, or like the second highest played, rated player on Washington. Well, like after your best season that sh- next year. Shame on the guys doing the Madden ratings then because <laughs> the entire time I was in Washington, so was Brandon Sheriff. <laughs> I think it was he was one of you were two. One okay. year. There was one year he was one you were two. Yeah, he's I, a, I'm pretty positive on that. He is a stud. But your strength rating is 95. You're 13th overall in strength. 
and you're listed as a power rusher. Power rusher? That's what it says. Hmm. Like some guys have run stopper, but you're a power rusher. I know. I was being sarcastic. I don't think I have a speed move in my, my toolbox. I'm trying to see if anything else. Hmm. All right. Let's wrap it. That's Thank you for doing this late at night on a Friday, right before you go to camp. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Best of luck. And uh, that's it. Love anything you, else you want to say? Nope. All right. I'm good.